It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, as always, joined by your host, James Rapine. Today, we're also joined by Cincinnati's finest, which is Mo Egger, our wow. good friend. Wow. How you doing, Cincinnati's Mo? Finest. I meant good, that. I, I meant that. You're Cincinnati's I, finest. I appreciate that. I think the last time I was with you guys was draft night. I was at a bar, and I couldn't hear you. So this is much better. Yeah, if, if that night... I would have said the Bengals are going to go to this one. They're going to draft Jamar chase. Yeah. Two, they're going to get it wrong at guard in the second round, which yeah. at least as a rookie, they have, mm-hmm. and they're somehow going to make it to super bowl 56 to play the Rams. What would you have done? I would have laughed in your face. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about that night before Tony Pike and I were talking about that night before, because we were at a bar in Mason and doing a show, they drafted Chase and people booed. Not everybody. And it, it wasn't anger, but people oh booed. God. I mean, there was, and you know, we kind of knew they were going to take them. So I wonder how those folks who are booing feel about Jamar Chase and feel about what this team has done this season. I would guess they're probably repentant. I, I haven't seen anybody <laughs> seriously say, yeah, they got it wrong. I don't care that they're in the Super Bowl. They like have you seen anybody actually that stubborn about it? No. Now, I mean, I, I, I've, you've seen people that have said, look, you know, with the struggles of the offensive line, this is the cost of taking Jamar Chase. But I don't think anybody has said that particular pick, boy, it, it went sideways or it should have panned out differently or anything like that. We knew coming into the season, the offensive line was probably not going to be a strong suit of this team. We can debate how much of a weakness it actually is. But I mean, you know, I, I've, I've seen people that have said, well, you know, it's obvious the Bengals, there's no question the direction they should go in in the draft. And I'm kind of pleased that we're not even really talking about that. But I, I don't know anybody who has said, you know what, still no matter what, they should have taken uh, Panay. So I've seen some mea culpas. I've seen some people say, yeah, you know what, if I would have known then what I know now about Jamar Chase and this offense and, and what it can be, boy, I would have felt a little bit differently. But it, it's been it, it's been interesting in that regard to sort of go back and and read and and listen to some of the things that people were writing and saying about the Bengals just based on the draft choice and see what their take is on this team as it gets set to play for a championship. The the F minus uh, grade, right? You, you guys remember the F minus grade? You had Jamar that guy Chase? on, Mo. You had that guy on. That was uh Brent Sobleski, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I think yep. it was. We yeah. so we 100%. we we had him on and he he was he was otherwise really, really good, but he gave him an F or an F minus. We had him on, and I think it was James, your boy, Connor Orr, said they were going to go three and 14. We yeah. had him on. What a cool take ga- that was. I don't gather he has a huge sense of humor about people dunking on him because I've seen some stuff on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the guy that we haven't had on was Mike Tannenbaum, who called me out. 
because they, you know, they do their, their morning show on ESPN. They do their mock draft. And so they get a guy from every city and they draft on behalf of that team. And so they bring me in and I said, you know, going to take Jamar chase explained why. Um, And then like 30 minutes later, after I do it, I'm driving to work and I hear them mention my name and Mike Tannenbaum is just dumping all over me. And he's talking about how the Bengals should be kicked out of the NFL. They should be removed from the league. This is a guy who's a former, he ran the Dolphins and the Jets. And I guess the the word former is important here. Now we know why it's former. But I mean, he went to extreme degrees to disagree with not just the Bengals taking Jamar Chase, but me and his little fake draft taking Jamar Chase. And so, unfortunately, he didn't come on at the time and he hasn't come on since. And I wish he would because if he had a sense of humor, we could have fun with him. Yeah. You know, you definitely could. And by the way, you should catch Mo every single weekday, three to six Eastern on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, also on the iHeartRadio app for all the out-of-towners. And uh, have, have you asked for him recently? Because I got him. I heard that. And I was like, man, there's no no wonder you're a former GM. You have no vision. You're you're this this ridiculously bad. I crushed him on, on my YouTube channel. And, and mm-hmm. I think people enjoyed it. And uh, the, the other thing I took... Uh, exception with and was annoyed with and people get my last name wrong all the time it's a tough last name uh, we had but fun you with can, that on the air when the guy from the nfl said your name it, it did you really well, well but yes. that's fine because that, right. that's yes. happened my all 30 yeah. years of my existence but sure. here's the thing Egger is easy to say it's the easy it's really <laughs> an easy last name you know what else is easy burrow and yet all these people mike tannenbaum says eggers and, yeah. and plenty of others certainly have. And then people are saying Burroughs. So you and, and Joe Burrow are relatable there. You can remember. Yeah. Um, so we he called for ESPN Radio. He called the second Pittsburgh game in which they just blew the Steelers out. Yep. And so I thought, here's sort of a natural tie-in. He's coming to Cincinnati to call the game. Let's get him on. And it it he didn't come on. Uh, if you want to get really, really drunk, listen to a Bengals post-game show whether they win or lose and take a drink every time somebody mentions burrows. I mean, it's remarkable to me. It's like Kroger's people call it Kroger's it's and and it's burrows. Uh, That, that to me might be my big off season project is to get people to stop calling them Joe burrows. You got to reach a a national audience for that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You would think, yeah, James, you you would think the Super Bowl appearance for Joe burrow would, would be enough. Right. You, You would think, you know, speaking of the whole, just really quick, going back to the Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase conversation, uh, Jimmy Burrow, a couple things. One, did you guys realize Jimmy Burrow, Jimmy Chase, same same first name for the two no. dads of the wide receiver and the quarterback? I put that together last week. Two, he talked to Ace and Zen on, what day is it, Thursday? And he's like, yeah, I, I normally, as a coach, as a dad, would have wanted the Bengals to take an offensive lineman there, but I knew how good Jamar Chase was. And and somehow that was a, a secret to a lot of people, which, uh, you know, if, if the dad who wants to not see his, his son get hit as much as <laughs> Joe Burrow's gotten hit could be convinced. I mean, what, what, why couldn't we convince everyone else, you know? Well, they've, they've convinced people with the way they've played. And and I think, you know, to a degree, that whole conversation about Sewell versus Chase, I've, I've thought a lot about this with Evan McPherson. Um, with Sewell versus Chase, you just had sort of a 
somewhat traditional, um, outdated, stubborn view of how NFL teams, good NFL teams are built. Because I can't tell you how many times I would I would find an outlet or even talk with people that I know, and you would hear from some washed-up player from the 80s who would just say, you got to start with the offensive line, offensive line. And, and there's certainly validity to that. And I wrote a piece about how the Chargers and the Bengals were sort of bizarro versions of each other because of what the Chargers did with their offensive line. <clears throat> and I'm certainly not dismissing the idea that you should invest heavily in the offensive line, but there seemed to be this rigidness where I, I think it fell almost on generational lines, almost where older fans that have grown up hearing about how nothing matters until you build the offensive line means you take uh, Penesul before Jamar Chase. And they were inflexible when you would say, all right, I know Penesul is going to be very good and I know they have to get better on the offensive line, but then you outlined why it would make sense to take Jamar Chase. And you guys talked about this a lot. And it's interesting because I remember back in not necessarily last April, but in August, I was at an event. There are some former NFL players there who haven't played in a while. And I said, you know, what I'm actually kind of interested in is the kicker. And I, I mean, I could hear the groans and I could see the eye rolls and it wasn't, he's going to make a bunch of kicks at the gun. It was, it's going to be interesting to see how they play offense. If they have a guy, they know they can put on the field that can make kicks from beyond 50. And that can impact the entire team in a really positive way. Plus, if you do need a guy that has to come out and make a game-winning kick, I'd like to feel better than I did with the previous kicker. And I heard all, all that, yeah, go get a kicker, and treating it like fantasy football owners do. Why did you draft a kicker? Well, thank God they did. And so I think to a degree this, this team is sort of an illustration as to why we should talk about football in a different and more progressive manner than we're used to. You can build an offense from the outside in, and there's value in every position. There's value in every position on the roster. I don't care if you're the quarterback or the kicker. And if you can make an upgrade at kicker, um, even when you have other holes that maybe a pick could be used on, you do it. And look what that decision has done for this team. Yeah, especially when he goes by money. And uh, you know, he's certainly been <laughs> certainly has been money. Where we uh we've gone one whole segment and haven't really talked about Super Bowl 56. So we should do that. But uh, if you want to save money, you should get the GetUpside app. It's the free app that's going to save you money every time you fill up. With GetUpside, you can download it in the App Store, on your iPhone, or Google Play if you have an Android. And if you use promo code TOUCHDOWN, you're going to get up to $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill up. It's free money that you can use towards Super Bowl tickets or you can use towards well, buying Moeg or something special. So download the GetUpside app today. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.25 cents per gallon cash back every time you fill up. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is also brought to you by BetOnline.net, the best place for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And they've got you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. We've got the Super Bowl left. Obviously, we've got one game in the football season. I unless you're so into this stuff that you want to bet on the Pro Bowl, you've got the Super Bowl and its props left. And maybe you just want to get into it. You got pro and college basketball that's going. You got the NHL, boxing, UFC. They've got you covered for all of it at betonline.net. Don't wait to take advantage of all their new amazing offers in the 2022 season. Go check them out. 
Again, betonline.net. It's where the game starts. James, you wanted to go to, to Super Bowl 56. I, I thought we were going to talk about how I was one of those people who thought the drafting a kicker was wrong. But but you're you're gonna let me off the hook. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, gonna, yeah. we're gonna talk. Yeah, because I, I've I've we given can't my, dwell on the past, Jake. Well, I've, we I've given my updated take, right? There there was new evidence presented that says if you if you get the kicker right, it's okay to draft the kicker. But my whole thing was NFL teams are really bad at getting the kicker right. We we've mm-hmm. seen the Bengals get this wrong. You see, you saw, you know, what was the kid's name that got drafted in the second round? And Robert Aguayo. Yeah, Aguayo, they, yeah. they got it wrong. So you, you see the NFL get this wrong a lot, is was, was my whole thing at the time, but the Bengals got it right. And, and so it's fine. Uh, but Super Bowl 56, James, where, where are we going? Well, when I was texting Mo to come on the show, uh, you know, and, and Mo and I have for, for the listeners that don't know, we've known each other for hell a decade now, probably yeah, longer. Um, yeah. Just it's wild to say. Um, <laughs> but so so the Bengals have been good and they've been bad in that time. And so it's pretty simple. I said, can you believe they're going to the Super Bowl? So I'm going to ask you now, Mo, can you believe that this version of the Cincinnati Bengals is going to Super Bowl 56 as a participant? It it still seems (laughs) weird. I mean, it it really, you know, the, uh, the, the, the tweet came out today of SoFi Stadium with the end zones. And my reaction was the same as everybody else's like, wow. I, I mean, it, it just, it feels weird. We're in February from what I do for a living. And James, you know, you worked with me for a really long time. You know, we've, we've turned the page really from the, the NFL season. That's, that's winding down. We've turned the page. We're starting to talk about free agency and the draft and the off season. Yes. And, and, and honestly, it's like, Hey, we really didn't talk about football in November and December. And, you know, we kind of talked about the playoffs, but you know, it sort of like drifted away from actual football toward the end of the year. And then you kind of pick it back up right before the league year starts. And here we are, this team is still playing and I'm, it's going to be really bizarre when this is all over and then bam, you know, the, the, the pre-draft process is going to start uh, regardless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, we're going to go right into it. So it, it, from that standpoint, it just, in fact, this is almost unrelated, but I was, I was watching a college basketball game last night and, mm-hmm. uh, they go to the studio and they're talking about like, who's on the bubble and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, Oh yeah, we're doing that because yeah, it's February. Yeah. And I'm a huge college basketball fan. It's typically, it's like, yeah, that sort of fills the void when you've kind of moved on from, from football. So yeah, it's weird. I mean, it just, uh, it's, it's bizarre and it's strange. And I, I don't know. I don't know that it's, it's ever, it's going to seem so weird on Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, it's it's going to seem, and I'm old enough that I can remember when they played in Super Bowl 23 very well. I was 11 years old. Um, when 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 the national anthem is being played and the Cincinnati Bengals are there lined up listening to it, and the whole country and a huge chunk of the world is watching them, I don't know what how I'm going to react. I, I don't know how that's that's going to hit me. Um, it's beyond anything that I could have ever imagined, and I I think we all have thought, well, God, they got it right at quarterback. And so one day this team could be playing in it, but you know how hard it is to get there. And you know how far-fetched it was to think they could do it this year. And the fact that they have has been, it's bizarre. It's the only word that I could use. It's, it's, it's bizarre in like the best possible way. This team was two and 14, two years ago, two and 14 (laughs) drafting number one overall. And now 
they've got a puncher's chance to win a championship. Are you kidding me? I, I would say that a few things really got me. One, what you just mentioned, the new league year is like a month away. Yeah. And, and we're still talking about football. Like usually the last two years we've been doing the three years for me, James, you had a little break, but you know, every year we've been doing this podcast, it's, it's December. We're doing mock draft Monday. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't said the words mock draft Monday since, <laughs> since last year, or, or I guess, yeah, last year, early, earlier last year, you know, before the draft, but yeah, that, that, that's the one thing that got me is like the, the actual time between the Super Bowl and the new league year is actually, it's, it's not that long. It just always feels like a long wait for, for, for us because the last five years have been, you know, the off season has been a little bit longer. The other thing that got me was a Super Bowl patch on the jerseys on the yeah. photos they released. One, it's like kind of orange. It's kind of almost Bengals orange. So it, it looks really good on the black jerseys, much better than it does on the Rams jerseys, in my opinion, with the blue and the yellow and the orange red color. But that was the other thing that was surreal for me, just looking at the, the various media coming out that that's making it feel more and more real. Well, and I'll tell you from the standpoint of being bizarre, uh, two things as you were talking about the new league year, um, the senior bowl is happening and, yeah. and I have a, a vested interest in it because there's a ton of UC guys. And so, yeah. you know, even as a Bearcat fan, I'm certainly rooting for all those guys to, to, you know, do really well and, and find good NFL situations. But, you know, obviously if the Bengals weren't playing this week, now we're talking about it from two different angles. And it, uh, Jay Morrison texted me and he normally uh, joins me for a segment on my show and he texted me. He's like, yeah, I'm coming back from the senior bowl. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess that is, that's going on right yeah. now. Ordinarily we'd be sort of like really just diving into it. And now it's just sort of treated as an ancillary piece. But I tell you, that, honest to God, and I don't say this to be mean, the most bizarre thing about this whole thing was I watched the game with a group of people. It ends all hell breaks loose. And I'm not really paying very close attention to what's on TV because my phone's blowing up. Um, high-fiving people. I'm watching everybody just be happy. And then, then there's Mike Brown accepting the Lamar Hunt trophy. And <laughs> people cheered. And, you know, like, legitimately, there have been times in my life where I've been like, can I imagine Mike Brown accepting the Lombardi trophy? And I know that obviously has yet to happen. But there he is in his coat that looks like he stole it from Colombo and a hat from... I, I don't know who, where he stole that from. And there he is being handed the trophy befitting the AFC champions. That was like, it didn't even, I even like said to myself, like, oh yeah, I forgot he owns a team. Like I, Mike Brown, yeah, of course. Yes. Yes. He, of course he would get the trophy. And I don't say that to be mean. It's just how, for how many years have we just made fun of this man and blasted him and berated him and sort of pitied him. And now, oh, there, there he is doing the same thing that Robert Kraft has done, you know, 10 times and that the Rooney family has done and all, all these, you know, like uh, families that have been and owners that have been handed that trophy and gone through that. And th th there's Mike Brown doing it. That to me was the most, maybe the most bizarre uh, sequence of my sports life, watching that unfold in Kansas city. And and if he's handed the Lombardi trophy, <laughs> that's going to be an, uh, an image for the ages. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about that, the path to it, right? How are they going to get past this Rams team, and, and what do you think of the matchup? So we can do that next. But I have to tell you about the number one protein bar on the planet, Built Bar. 
high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. You guys know how I feel about Built Bars. Like I said, number one protein bar on the planet. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They taste great. And whether you're looking for a post-workout protein punch, maybe it's just a healthy midday snack, go to Built.com and check out all of their different flavors, including the limited edition cookies and cream that is out now. And you're going to save 15% off right now with promo code LOCKED15. So don't delay. Go there now. I eat these daily. You should try them for yourself at Built.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, you want to talk matchup here? Yeah, let's uh, Yeah, let's do this, uh, Mo. Two things. One, in, in, we're basically just going back to what we were texting, but I, I think it's good for everyone else to hear. Two Two things come to mind now after the the craziness of that. And I, I got to be on the field for the AFC title celebration. I don't think yeah. I was allowed on the field. I just walked out there anyway because <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, which is my mindset going into Super Bowl 56 as well. Uh, so we'll see uh-huh. what happens there. Uh, um, hopefully NFL security is not, not listening. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll just sneak by. <laughs> two things, though. Uh, one, my mindset has shifted. Yeah, I didn't expect you to be here. But damn it, if you're here, you might as well walk away with with the Lombardi because of how hard it is to get here. And uh, who knows what's going to happen. And I expect them on paper to have a better team next year than this year since they you know, can invest all these offseason resources and all of these things and Burrow be a year removed. And it doesn't matter. You're already here. You might as well take advantage of it. Two, on paper, the Rams, uh, it, it doesn't seem like a fun matchup for a variety of reasons. That defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line in particular – is a bit scary. They have a, a shutdown corner that, while I don't think Jamar Chase can be completely taken away, maybe he could uh, solve that a little bit in Jalen Ramsey. What do you think uh, about this matchup on paper? It, what stands out, good and bad? Well, it, it, it's interesting. First of all, the, the good and bad thing is like there's there's a handful of guys that you could spend 30 minutes talking about, God, that guy can screw up everything. And, you know, boy, look at this dude and what this guy has done against so many different teams. The Rams have a bunch of those guys. Uh, Aaron Donald, and I, I know specifically, Jake, you, you look at things through a very analytical, advanced metrics uh, lens, um, but watching this league week to week, that's the best player in football. And I've I've felt that way for a while. And, you know, people, as, as much as we talk about quarterbacks, what, what he can do to an opposing offense, I don't know how you game plan for him. I, I don't know, especially when you're – you know, your, your past game operation gave up nine sacks two weeks ago. So I, that, that terrifies me. And then you could obviously talk about the rest of their defensive line. The Jalen Ramsey thing is fascinating to me, both in terms of how they deploy him, what he does against Jamar chase, and then how the Bengals may or may not respond is certainly fascinating. And, you know, Cooper cup catches everything. I mean, uh, there's, 
he won the triple crown at wide receiver. And so, and then, you know, they, they've added Odell Beckham Jr. And it's worked. You know, he's people dismissed uh, the idea of this clown show from Cleveland going there and helping that team. And, and, and he has. And so, but, but for me, it, it starts with the Rams defensive line. And I've watched, I watched that entire Tennessee game on pins and needles because the concern was not the sacks. It's obviously something you don't want. Um, and, and not even nearly as much, boy, the beating Joe Burrow is taking it's does the pressure cause a pick. And the reason to me why this team has gone on this run is they've won the turnover battle. It's I'm not the first person to point this out. It's very cliche. They're 12 and one when they don't lose the turnover battle. Uh, the last three games that mattered in the regular season, they didn't lose the turnover battle. They won those games differently. Uh, they played a field position game against Denver. They just absolutely ran past that beaten up Baltimore team and they had to overcome three different 14 point deficits against Kansas city and use some deft game management at the end. But the key to me was the common denominator, zero turnovers on offense. They've obviously had some turnovers on offense here in the postseason, but their defense has come up big at the, the precise right time. And you talk about among the most surreal things, this Bengals defense, which for years we've talked about needing to create turnovers. They've ended their last three games with the last defensive play being a turnover. That is insane. If you have followed the recent history of this franchise, but it, despite all the pressure Joe has been under, uh, d- despite, you know, uh, some critical situations, despite him not being nearly as good as we think he can be, they've done a pretty good job of taking care of the football. So what I really worry about is suddenly with the Jalen Ramsey dimension and the, the the possibility and one might say probability of there being a lot of pressure from all places, but specifically in Joe's face, does that add up to the sort of turnover issues that we haven't seen recently that we saw earlier in the season? That really really concerns me about this game. And then, you know, the other thing you talked about was just taking advantage of opportunity. People have used the term house money with Tennessee, more so with Kansas City, and now with with the Rams. I, I sort of feel like there's an added importance on winning this game than there was last week. I, I think I think to a weird degree, losing last week would have been easier to swallow. It's Kansas City, you're on the road. They they won this highly emotional physical game against Tennessee. It's Patrick Mahomes. They've been there back to back years. Now you're 60 minutes away from a title, yep. man. Yep. You're playing a very good Rams team with all sorts of schematic and personnel advantages. But it's not like you're huge dogs. It's a neutral site game played in the other team stadium. But I think the home field advantage that LA have is mitigated just by a Super Bowl atmosphere. And even still, it's not Arrowhead Stadium. Um, I feel like there's a bigger premium on winning this game because you're that close. You're that close, and you don't know. I mean, uh, I've talked about it a lot, the the number of teams that you thought, boy, they're poised for long-term success, and they didn't win another one. You know, Seattle should have more than one, and they blew the one they lost against New England. Can you imagine if they don't do what they did to Denver? Um you got to take advantage. You simply do not know. And look, this team has been remarkably healthy. That doesn't really carry over year to year. And I really worry about that in 2022. Their best asset, especially if Uzama can come back and play, their best asset is going to be their health against an LA team that right now has some health issues that they've got to sort through. 
I, I really sort of put, place a, a great amount of importance on winning this game, not from the standpoint of, God, it's a failure of a season if you don't win or it undoes the magic of last week against Kansas City. We're always going to talk about this team in maybe reverential terms. We're always going to remember this playoff run. It does really feel like they're set up to be pretty good for a while. But when's the next time that you can say, they're going to be 60 minutes away from a championship with a healthy team and a quarterback who had an MVP caliber season. I don't know. I can say that now, which means to me, yeah, there's some pressure to go ahead and finish the deal. That's always what it is. It, maybe it is house money, but even if the team is better on paper next year, as James alluded to earlier, so much still has to go right to get to this spot. The Bengals have been dogs for two weeks, which means the other team has been better on paper, at least to the people setting the lines at the sports books and they've overcome that for two weeks in a row. And now we're looking for them to do it another time. Mo, you talked a lot about the the thing that we're going to be talking about. We haven't even really started talking matchups in this game yet, but obviously Aaron Donald is top of mind because the guy is probably the best player in football. And for me, when I look at this team and the way they've reacted to pressure, because Joe Burrow has been under a ton of pressure the last two weeks, it was, it was okay against uh, Las Vegas not Oakland. It wasn't so good against Tennessee, obviously, and it wasn't so good last week, but Burrow made it work last week away. He didn't make it work against Tennessee. But what I've seen from this offense is they're going to great lengths to hide the offensive line right now. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow has generally been fantastic at dealing with the pressure. He's not putting the ball in danger to your point, Mo. He's taking maybe more sacks against Tennessee than you want him to. He didn't need to take all those if you want to get nitpicky, but he's not turning the ball over. And so instead what's happening is the Bengals offense is just kind of kneecapped right now. Their, their mm-hmm. passing offense consists of, of quick game and, and sideline vertical shots and a, a play action game against Kansas city. That wasn't all that good. They, they hit a couple big plays out of it, but Joe Burrow also was, was not very efficient in the play action game as one interception came in the play action game against Kansas city. So that's what I'm kind of, going to be watching i guess is, is what what do the bengals do this week to try to to try to mitigate the pass rush and their passing offense how, how do they adapt to it this week because against the teams that'll give you single coverage outside and not roll coverage over the top they'll they'll try to beat it with some vertical shots on the sideline right and against the last two games they've had to get really conservative i think with the passing game although they did try to take some shots against against kansas city if if the Rams decide to stay really patient, I think that's a bigger challenge in the pressure than, you know, Joe getting hit because he's taking care of the ball. There's mm-hmm. always a turnover X factor, but how are they going to adapt and, and deal with the pressure from an offensive planning and strategic point of view is, is what I'm going to be really interested to see. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been great on offense. These three games, they've been good enough and they've had their moments, but they've, they've gotten here on the strength of, opportunistic defense, a money kicker, the quarterback taking care of the football, um, and, you know, a, a little luck and a little magic and a little sort of opposing coaching buffoonery. I mean, let's, let's, and, and by the way, none of that is a knock on what they've done. Uh, if you're going to get to the Super Bowl, you need some luck and you need the teams you beat to be complicit in their own demise. But I, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it, it does feel like, you know, if you would have said coming into the postseason or even, you know, a few weeks prior, Bengals get to the playoffs. Um, 
and they race to the Super Bowl, you would have said, well, God, it's because they beat teams, you know, 35, 31, or they, you know, just hammered teams and blitz past them. And, and Burrow was amazing. That, that hasn't been the case. They've won three close games and they've needed the other team to be complicit. And they've needed, you know, Evan McPherson to be as good as he's been. They needed, you know, Tennessee to sort of bungle the end of regulation and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to, to do something similar. I do worry what, would happen if this team has to take it up another notch offensively for, for the reasons you just articulated. And, you know, what you saw late in the season would suggest, yes, the Bengals brand would suggest yes, because everybody still talks about how explosive and high flying this offense has been. It really has sort of gone into a shell and they've done it by necessity. Um, can you play the sort of game, maybe not to the, to the same degree, but can you play the sort of game you played against Tennessee, which is dude, you're going to take some sacks, um, you're going to have to maybe hold onto the ball longer than you would like, but it beats throwing it to the other team. Um, can they win a game like that against this type of team? Can they win a, another game like that against anybody? I guess would be a fair question, but, but this team's offense, if you're going to beat the Los Angeles Rams, this team's offense probably does have to perform better than it has. And I think you're being fair again, for all the reasons you just outlined, I think you're being fair. If you wonder if that can happen. Well, it's Joe Burrow is what it comes down to. <laughs> yes. It's Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford, right? Right. Yeah, sure. Sure. And, but you know, I mean, Stafford you know, hasn't been bad. He's turned the ball over, but he hasn't been bad. He's thrown no. a lot of touchdowns, but it'll give yeah. you chances just the way Tannehill did. Yeah. Right. No doubt. Yeah. No, no, question. no doubt. Yeah. I, uh, I'm thinking maybe a Zach Taylor trick player too, Mo. Something that we haven't seen. <laughs> Trent, I mean, Trent Taylor, Trent Taylor, yeah. would have guessed Trent Taylor. Yeah. Like, holy crap. So, but, but it's, but it's, but it's interesting. Like, you know, it, it's, it's been this, this postseason of like Jermaine Pratt makes the play at the end of the game and Samaj P. Ryan sort of changes, you know, just the dynamic of that game in Kansas City. BJ Hill has a pick. It's been all these like unlikely heroes. All right. Th there's going to have to be a game where your stars are stars, right? I mean, and, but T. Higgins was, was really good against Kansas City. But I mean, there, there's going to have to be a game where like you're, you're just studs are studs and you know you're you're count can you count on the trent taylor play and the, the bj hill play and <clears throat> excuse me the samaj p ryan play but i mean yeah you know you you've got some time and they've cooked some things up that we haven't expected so um give zach taylor some time to cook up something else and let's see if we see it uh, a week from sunday He's Mo Egger. make sure you catch him every <clears throat> single weekday three to six on espn 1530 or the iHeartRadio app Mo, this was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for for jumping on, and I will see you in Los Angeles. We How, will see you in we Los will Angeles. See, I will see you guys in L.A. I, that, you talk about surreal. That might be the surreal thing. James, you and I only hang out when we're, when we're in other cities. So right. I never actually see you in Cincinnati. Uh, that's going to be bizarre when I, when I see you guys and when I see others and we're there for a Bengals Super Bowl. That's going to be ridiculous. I mean, could, could you imagine, James, when you were working with me and you're like, oh, I'm going to go down to the locker room and record an interview per week, that now you would be hosting uh, shows from L.A. for the team that you cover? Come on. No. No. I mean, I get it. None of it, right? You just – it's it's crazy. And that's why they have to take advantage. It's a hell right of a now. lot more fun than covering the Cleveland Indians, isn't it? That's that's right. No <laughs> doubt. Guardians? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the Guardians. I mean, James didn't cover the Guardians. He covered I covered the Indians, the Indians so it was factually go. correct. In the LeBronless Cavaliers, think about that. <laughs> yeah.
the, the good, good news now, is they're, they're 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 good now. So you know. Yeah, my my guy Darius Garland. But yes. but the thing is, is I came back for for the Bengals version of LeBron. So it, it worked out. Yeah, you're right. Uh, guys, we'll see you in LA. Thank you. Yeah, the gang good stuff goes from- to Los Angeles. Sorry, James. I just wanted to sneak that joke. In. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do your targeted <laughs> outro. Let's go. The gang's going to LA. We'll be there next week. We have one more show before James and I go to LA. That'll be dropping Sunday night. After that, we'll be on Radio Row coming to you from Los Angeles. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.